you cannot change people, mm. right? The element of change is the individual, not you. And if, once you understand that, then you are there to guide them and then let them take their journey. And welcome back to another episode of Attractive Mindset. And today's guest came all the way from up north. And <laughs> we are super excited to have her here. And in our first conversation, she just stood out not only from the profile that she had on the famous Owl app, shout out to Jason Hill. And she just, we had a really good conversation, which led to another conversation, which led to her coming on the podcast. And so I'm going to let her tell you a little bit more about herself. Miss Cleo, set yourself free. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. Um, my name is Cleo and I am originally from the Virgin Islands. Hey. Yes, originally from the Virgin Islands. And then I moved here um, about 15 um, to the United States and I went to Jacksonville University. Mm. That's where I got um, my degree in psychology and sociology. And then I began working in the field of substance abuse. So I did that for 16 years. Wow. And then following doing that, I decided, you know, I wanted to work with people as a life coach. And so I became a life coach mm. recently. And that's what I do now. So I work with people. I could work with people in substance abuse. But primarily, um, my focus right now with coaching is helping women that are overwhelmed with being emotionally stuck, get unstuck so they can have that emotional freedom. Very nice. And so <laughs> this is going to be a great episode because you are the first psychologist slash life coach that has been on here okay yeah yeah well i'm not a psychologist well it, <laughs> but studied psychology yes yes i did that's yeah. been on here yeah and yeah. so you know tell us a little bit you know about your upbringing because i like to really ask the questions of you know to see if that really affected how your mindset works okay well um as I said, I grew up primarily in the Virgin Islands, and um, both of my parents are from the Caribbean. Um, so the upbringing there is definitely different than um, here mm -hmm. <laughs> in the U.S. Things are definitely um, different, um, but... Um, we focus mostly on family values. So, um, and, you know, I had both parents in the home. I grew up in a Christian home and um, education was <laughs> was a, a, a top priority. Top tier. <laughs> a top priority. So that was one of the things that I focused on a lot. And um, but yeah, I, I it's it's different, but it's it's similar at the same time, you know. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> okay so would you say growing up in the virgin islands versus raising your kids here mm -hmm. is a dramatic difference i would say so because um they have a lot more um privileges than i had mm -hmm. growing up and then um part of the time um, I did go to another island and lived there for a couple of years. I lived in St. Lucia as well. So um, that the lifestyle in the Caribbean is a, a bit different than here. You know, um, we outside, we played outside. Like I grew up playing outside mm. and doing things like that. My kids, they're indoors. They don't, 
Mm. And I would like to go outside and rather play video games. But for me, I was outside playing around, playing in the dirt, <laughs> you know, playing with your friends and stuff like that. And I was talking to them the other day and I say, you know, you guys don't even know like ring games. Like we used to play yeah. ring games, you know, growing up and they're looking at me like, what? Ring games? What are you talking about? <laughs> so, yeah, it's definitely different, um, you know, here versus, you know, living back home. You know, it's a different culture. Um, the principles sometimes are a little bit different. Mm -hmm. You know, there's certain things that you're just structured and you have to do. Mm -hmm. Versus here, I'm a little bit more relaxed with them than my parents were with me. They were stricter. Yeah. You know, um, but here, I'm. They, they, they live in the high life. <laughs> things yeah. are different for them. Definitely. And so, does it ever get hard to not? <clears throat> do what your parents did um i work on on being different mm -hmm. um because um not to be too strict mm -hmm. right um um not that they were bad parents let me say that first they mm -hmm. weren't bad parents but they were a little strict mm -hmm. <laughs> so i don't want to be as strict with the my kids but I still have to make sure that they follow certain things, that they understand that education is a priority, which is similar to my parents. Um, but I, I give them a little bit of leeway. I'm not as firm with them as my parents were with me, which is not a bad thing, like I said. But Got it. Yeah. So growing up, were you ever into sports or you were just mostly academics? I was mostly academics. I tried sports and I sucked. <laughs> <laughs> what sport would you have liked to play? Um, I, tr I tried volleyball mm -hmm. when I was in high school and yeah, never didn't do good <laughs> with that. Um, but if I could play a sport, um, I would probably run, do track, or try out at basketball. I think that would be fun. Okay. Yeah, for sure. But I'm not a sports person. <laughs> got it. Not this. I don't have the skills. <laughs> I'm more of a people person. You got to stay mm -hmm. where you're, you're, you know, you have to stay where you're good. So mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm more of a people person listening to them and, and helping them navigate their issues um, versus, um playing on in anybody's sport <laughs> mm -hmm. and so how important is culture to you to to really keep those cultural ties that you have um culture is very important to me um i i want my kids to know our culture um where we came from understand the history um behind it um i want them you know we we tr cook traditional um caribbean food at home and they listen to Caribbean music. Um, but I want them, like I said, to know know their history, know where they're from, go visit the islands and see, you know, how I grew up and things of that nature, because it's definitely different than what they experience here. So I want them to be well-rounded. Got it. So, Cleo, going into college, what mm -hmm. made you choose psychology? Well... To be honest, um, that's part of my story of <clears throat> how I got into coaching, um, the motivation to help women. I actually started out as pre-med. Mm. <clears throat> I did. I, I love the medical field and I was 
pre-med and I failed my chemistry class. I feel like that's all Caribbean parents <laughs> push us to go, you know, med or something. In yeah, some, something in the field, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was like, yeah, I can do this. I'm going to do this. And I failed my chemistry class. And that mm-hmm. was one of the first struggles that I had to deal with was not um, succeeding in a class academically because I was always good at stuff. And then um, failing that class um, really hurt my self-esteem and my self-worth at the time. Mm. And so I started um, experiencing the fear of failure as a result. Mm. Um, And so I had doubts. And of course, I switched my major. And that's how I ended up in the field of psychology, because I said to myself, you can't do this. Um, You're not going to excel at this. Um, You might as well quit now, because if you can't do chemistry, you won't be able to do any of the other math classes. They're a lot more difficult. And so that mindset was an issue, clearly. Um, And it caused me to transition from being in a pre-med class and going into psychology. Got it. Yeah. So at what point in taking psychology were you like, okay, this is for me? Well, I actually always liked psych. I liked it. I had it in high school. I liked it. I was good at it. Um, I enjoyed the classes. So it was just like a the next best thing, you know, um, for me. So I always enjoyed it. It was just wasn't my top choice at the time. I just thought, hey, I'm going to go pre-med. I'm going to be a comma pediatrician. Mm-hmm. And um, that didn't happen. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. So after you graduate and you have your degree, what's the next step from there for you? So once I graduated, I ended up, um, actually, while I was in school, I ended up interning for a substance abuse um, agency. Hmm. And that um, internship led to me staying on the job, getting a job with them. I worked as like a monitor tech. That's what they call them back back then. Now they call them behavioral health tech now. And um, once I graduated, then I became a counselor. Hmm. And so... I worked in the jail um, with clients that were that had substance abuse issues, various substance abuse issues. And then um, after that, I transitioned and worked with um, people who were specifically opiate dependent. And so I worked at a methadone clinic for a few years and mm. then I transitioned into re- back into residential. So that kind of... <laughs> I kind of stayed in the field the whole entire time. But like I said, I always say that field chose me because Mm -hmm. I was not (laughs) intending to go into the field of substance abuse. But um, after working there and interacting with the clients that were there at the time, I just... I just stayed. It took me a while to get used to it because it's challenging. Let me mm-hmm. tell you, working with people with substance abuse issues. And I remember my first day um, when I was actually working, one of the clients like cussed me out because she was upset about something. I didn't even know what she was upset about, but I just happened to be there. Mm. And she took her anger out on me. And I was like, I quit. I don't want to do this <laughs> anymore. And one of the counselors said to me, yep, you can't quit. Um, you have to stick with it it will get better and like i said i had already had that issue with failing at things and i thought oh my gosh i'm gonna fail at this again i'm out of here and but i stuck with it 
and and work through it. And I was able to become a really good counselor working with the clients. Nice. And so <clears throat> how hard is it to <clears throat> or is it hard to really balance your your own mental state while dealing with others that have issues with their mental state at that same kind of correlation? You're trying to help them, but they're kind of offsetting a distribution of weight to you. Right. So I am really good at um, making the setting boundaries. I think that's the best way to say it. So I know what's their stuff and I know what's mine and I'm not going to pick up their issues. So I have worked with clients and they, they will dump on you. They will emotionally dump. They'll come in and they'll be like, oh, Miss Cleo, I just got to talk to you right now and, and this and that. And I have to say, well, no, you can't talk, you know, um, to me right now. You need to go through the process of, you know, going through your counselor or what have you before you speak with with me because they will have that time where they just want you to listen to them. And you have to take care of yourself first. You can't help them if you don't take care of you. So you have to stay, you know, emotionally grounded and know that, you know, you cannot pick up their issues. And a lot of people find that challenging because they want to help people, right? You want to help them. You you sympathize with them. And then you end up getting yourself into trouble, right? Because you're overly helping them. You may break the rules for them or whatever. And I often tell people you have... you. Sympathy will get you in trouble. Yeah. You know, you have to have empathy and have good boundaries so that you don't cross over when a client says something to you. It's okay to empathize with them and help them, you know, work through their issues, but you cannot own it as your own because if you do, you're going to be um, you know, having some own your own emotional issues yourself because you're you're absorbing all of their energy, you're absorbing all of their issues throughout the day, and you cannot help them if you're carrying their their baggage and your baggage as well. So yeah, boundaries is important. And so, do you ever find yourself in a tough spot when dealing with friends and family that you see go around the same kind of path? Um. No, not really. Um, I, you know, when it comes to family, I, you know, I, I tell them, you know, if they ask me for suggestions, I give them, you know, suggestions and I leave it at that because that's the other thing, too. You can get burnt out the same way. So you have to you have to be able to establish that boundary and allow them to work their issues and know that you cannot change people. Mm. Right. The element of change is the individual, not you. And it, once you understand that, then you are there to guide them and then let them take their journey. Got it. And mm -hmm. so at what point did you now make this realization that, hey, I want to go and pursue life coaching? Well, I always found the field to be interesting mm -hmm. and it had been a few years took me about 10 years to actually step out and 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 get the certification but i always found it in um interesting and i wanted to do it and but i also love my full-time job right and i was dedicated to that and so i spent a lot of time you know in that and then finally i said you know what you have a lot of qualities um, and you have a lot of value 
And on the particular employment that I was lastly, I said, you know, um, because of some of the things that I experienced with them, I said, you know, I don't have to, you know, stay here and deal with this. I have a lot of knowledge and um, experience and I'm wasting it kind of sort of. <laughs> I can I can utilize it in a different way um, to help people in a less restrictive manner. Got so it. that's when I decided to make that shift and become a, a life coach. Got it. And mm-hmm. so what by your definition, you know, is a life coach? So a life coach is kind of sort of um, I guess the best way to look at it is um, with sports. Right. You have um, a coach that teaches you or guides you with um the how to make the plays and how to you know practice and stuff like that in order for you to make your goal right which Mm -hmm. is to win the game so the same thing as a life coach what they do is they guide individuals to reach their um their goals they hold them accountable just much like you know in sports your coach will hold you accountable Mm -hmm. and and so they don't play the game for you but they guide you and they give you the tools that you need in order for you to become successful at whatever sport you have so the life coach does a similar thing is to help guide you um help you like i said work through your goals and um they help hold you accountable as well got it and Mm -hmm. so when what would your target audience of personnel look like who comes to or who who would need a life coach um well for cleo (laughs) (laughs) it would be um a woman who is experiencing being emotionally stuck so that could be emotionally stuck in grief maybe resentment um, feelings of low self-worth, um, anxiety and depression, not clinical, of course, because mm-hmm. I'm not a psychiatrist or, or um, a therapist to you know prescribe or diagnose, right? We, we don't diagnose as coaches. Um, so they may be experiencing a lower level of depression or anxiety and need like some coping skills to work through that. Um, so, but yeah, that would be um, the ideal client that, would come to me to seek help would say, you know, um, you know, I'm experiencing these emotions. Um, I don't know what to do with them or I don't know how to work through them so that I can, I can heal, you know, so that I can be emotionally free. And so that person would come and then we would work through whatever issues are holding them in place and keeping them stuck from achieving that emotional freedom. Got it. And so, once somebody comes to you, do you have a different set of packages, a different set of services, or is it kind of just, hey, this is the structure of my model and this is what we go through and we have kind of, do you do grouping, individual? How does that work? Okay. So I do have individual coaching as, and I also have group coaching as well. Um, and I also have a 90-day program um, for um, that includes a workbook um, that I created called um, Set Yourself Free Using the Triple P's. And the triple P's are uh, passion, a positive mindset, and perseverance. So that's like a bigger, um, more intense um, 
package where I'm working with them one-on-one. We're meeting weekly to work through the issues that, again, keeps them stuck um, emotionally. So those are the the packages that I have um, for clients. Got it. Mm-hmm. So typically, where would you find your clients or where would your clients clients find you how does somebody see you or or how do you put yourself out there okay so i have um a website they can meet me at coachingwithcleo.com um also um set yourself free um on instagram on uh, and also set yourself free on facebook as well um those are really the major um, avenues that they can see me. And I'm also on the OWL app, by the way. That's that's another thing. I can't forget that. I'm also on the OWL app. So if you want to, you know, have a consultation with me, you can speak with me through there. Or you can also go to my website and you can book a consultation there as well. And it is free. So, um, you know, we get to talk a little bit, talk about what, you know, what you're going through. And then we both get to decide if it's the best fit. Got it. And so what made you choose to just, you know, accept women versus doing both men and women? Well, they say you got to find a niche. (laughs) (laughs) They said, because, you know, off the bat, I'm going to say I'm going to be completely honest. Off the bat, I was like, I can help everybody. I can work with men and women because it's true. I can work with men and women. Um, I've been doing it the whole time I've been counseling. Right. But um, when you get a when you get a coach as a coach, <laughs> you got to get a business coach. Yeah. And the business coach says, eh, you can't help everybody. Mm. <laughs> you got to you got to narrow down your niche. And so I struggled with that, honestly, at first, like I said. Um, but eventually I said, OK, I'll work with women. Um, and that's pretty much how we got there. But I can work with both. But just that's the the niche. <laughs> Got it. And can you do it virtually or are your yes. sessions physically? My my sessions are actually virtually. Okay. Uh, yeah. We don't do in person. Okay. So yeah. Mm-hmm. And how frequent would these sessions be? And from, do you have a certain age group that you target specifically? Um, 18 and older. Okay. Um, women women that are 18 and older mm-hmm. um i don't really do younger people um i i work better with that age group um and what was your other question i'm sorry <laughs> the other question was like how long are the sessions or oh, the how s- frequent okay so the sessions are one hour okay. and uh if you take my um 90 day package they're one hour and they're weekly for 90 days mm-hmm. got it and so what can what results do you feel like people really attain towards the end of that program what can they look forward to at the end definitely um we find closure and healing on whatever issue brought them in originally um navigating through those challenges and also learning how to shift their mindset from a negative self-talk to positive self-talk. We also want to work on them feeling that they have increased um, their emotional well-being. 
Um, so that's important. Um, the clients that I've worked with, um, their report is that they love themselves. They um, report feeling happier in their lives. And that's the ultimate goal, right, is, is to experience peace and to heal from the things that are keeping you in one place and to transition to um, a more positive and um, stronger and transformative emotional well-being got mm -hmm. it no i love that that's mm -hmm. good okay and so mm -hmm. you taking this path now mm -hmm. as you have children would you want your children to do something similar or do you want them to do their own thing i think if they want to be a coach i'm okay with that but they are allowed to think independently for themselves and make that choice of what they want to do. I'm not going to be, oh, you know, that, that typical Caribbean parents, you're going to medical school. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm going to let them, you know, decide what they want to do and support them. Got it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So good, supportive parent and coach. <laughs> we love that. But Cleo, definitely thank you for just coming on Attractive Mindset. As you thank can tell, you. you have a very attractive mindset. And thank just, you know, I love the fact that you help people. And, you know, you've came all the way over here. We're taking <laughs> your time. And yeah. we really do appreciate that. And thank so, you. again, guys, if you want to tap in with her, uh, where can they find you again? Um, coachingwithcleo.com. That's you can go straight there and go directly to booking a consultation with me there we go mm -hmm. so if you know somebody that may need her services or just please just like share subscribe and as we always say it's moneybag rich here mastermind rich as well and we look good we live good life is good talk to us we talk back and we're out of here